بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحب لقاء الله أحب الله لقاءه ومن كره لقاء الله كره الله لقاءه أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected friends and elders The month of Ramadan is a time in which we, we have opportunity for reflection In the month of Ramadan we free ourselves more for the masjid, for the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We engage in additional ibadah in comparison to other months of the year. And we have time on, on our hands to reflect on our lives. The greatest reflection, the greatest muraqaba a person can engage in is the reflection and muraqaba of mouth. To remind ourselves that we have come in this dunya to leave this dunya. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in many hadiths drew the comparison of the temporary life of this dunya and the everlasting life of the akhirah. The famous hadith, Kun fi dunya ka'annaka gharibun aw'abiru sabilin. Remain in this world as if you are a stranger, a wayfarer or a traveler. In other words, you are not here to remain. And in the current circumstances, the past year or two, this Opportunity for reflection on mouth has increased with so many near and dear people leaving us, with mouth and death becoming so widespread and rampant, which is actually a sign of qiyamah, that the closer we get to qiyamah, more mouth and killing and murdering, etc. Will, will become widespread. These are all reminders for those who survive. Each and every one of us who gets the news of the demise of someone is being reminded that today was his turn, one day your turn will come as well. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu used to reflect on this and he would say, Kulla yawmin fihi mata fulan wa mata fulan. Every day we get the news, certain person passed away, some other person passed away. Wala buddha min yawmin fihi mata Umar. That day is definitely coming, that is going to be said. Umar also has passed away. Each one of us respected friends and elders need to reflect on this. Reflection on moat is among the best ways, is among the best ways of self-reformation. A person generally cannot reach the perfections of self-reformation, Islahun nafs, without a spiritual guide. But to enhance your spiritual reformation, and in places where the, the spiritual guide is absent, in this day and age it's difficult to be absent from a spiritual guide, because if you are not physically in his company, you can still stay in contact with the different means of communication. But ulama used to advise that to bring your nafs on track, and to bring your life on track, reflect on moat, reflect on death, reflect on the fact that you are also going to die. Think that your life has come to an end. Can you face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the condition that you are in now? Preparation for most respected friends and elders is our entire life. Our whole life we are working, we are preparing for those final moments. 
And that is how we will be judged in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How we leave this dunya is how we are going to be judged in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore it is so important for those who have tawfiq, those who are engaged in the, in the obedience of Allah to remain steadfast. And those who spent a portion of their lives in the disobedience of Allah to make tawbah as soon as possible and thereafter remain steadfast in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A dua that has been attributed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in some riwayat. In many riwayat mentioned as the dua of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu. Allahumma ja'al khayru umri akhirahu. O oh Allah, make the last portion of my life the best part of my life. Wa khayru a'mali khawatimahu. O oh Allah, my best deeds must be my last deeds. Wa khayru ayyami yawma alqaka fee. And O oh Allah, my best days must be that day when I meet you. That must be the happiest day and the best day for me. خَيْرُ umuri akhirahu. Oh Allah, the best part of my life must be the last part of my life. Best in which way? Not in the fact that now my building projects are finished. Now I've reached the number of properties I wanted to own. And now I'm living a life of luxury and driving the best of cars, eating the best of foods at the end of my life. No, the best of my life must be the best, at the end of my life must be the best part of my life in terms of obedience to Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In terms of the adoption of the sunnah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those are the best days in a person's life. The days he spent in the obedience of Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَخَيْرُ أَعْمَالِ خَوَاتِيمَهُ And oh Allah, my best deeds must be the last deeds. This is how we will be judged in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to get tawfiq for good at the end of your life, this, this, the entire period of your whole life is there for us. Our entire life has been given to us as a preparation. And generally, generally that is how a person will leave the dunya. How he leads his life throughout his life, how he leads those years throughout his life is how he will leave this dunya. So on one hand, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make also our best of deeds the last of our deeds. But there needs to be an effort before that. There needs to be an effort behind that. So many pious people of the past and present left the dunya in the best possible way. Some while in sajda in Ramadan, some while in sajda in tahajjud salah, some while making salah in front of the Kaaba. Some while giving dars of hadith, some whilst engaging in other ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took their lives in, in that condition. What a beautiful mode. That is khayra a'mali khawatimahu. My best of these must be my last deed. But that will come if our entire life we were, we were in the same line. We're like we always hear, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. At that final moment, what is in the heart? What you filled up in your mind and heart and, in, and, and, and you filled your ruh with throughout your life will come out. If it was filled with Allah, Allah, then at that time also Allah, Allah will come out. There was a senior alim of Bangladesh. I met his khadim who mentioned, he says that this buzruk was a student of Mawana Hussein Ahmad Madani rahimahullah and considered a very senior alim in Bangladesh. And he was a great dhakir of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He used to make an abundant dhikr towards the end of his life and he was hospitalized. For the last two weeks of his life, he could not speak. He stopped speaking. 
And then the last few moments before he passed away, he started making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he started nodding with his head, you know, with his, with his back being supported. He started nodding Allah, Allah, and lowering his head each time, taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He liked that a few times, and then he said, Allah, he dropped his head, and then never raised it after that. That is a Mubarak maut. That is a maut we can all achieve, respected friends and elders. It's not only reserved for time of Sahaba and Tabi'oon, or time of the pious predecessors, or the senior Buzruks even of our time. General people also who lead a life of sincerity, a life of obedience, a life of, of sunnah, who will get that tawfiq in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to leave this dunya in the best possible way. So many people we found out in the path of Allah and his life left him. Out in jamaat, mashallah, and his life. Some, some gone for hajj, some gone for umrah. On a Friday or in, 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 in the month of Ramadan, these are Mubarak modes which we ought to be striving for and also asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. Like we ask Allah for the best of everything else, the best of homes and the best of children and the best of spouses and the best of lives in this dunya and akhirah. Ask Allah for the best of modes. Make it a habit that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the best of mode. I mentioned this before, many places in Turkey, in many masjids, after the salah when they are making dua, or on other occasions when they are making dua, they have this habit of ending the dua with the following words, Allahumma inna nas'aluka tamaman ni'ma, wa dawam al-afiyah, wa husna al-khatima. Oh Allah, I ask you for complete favor, complete ni'mat, which refers to adopting the complete Islam, and oh Allah, grant us afiyat constantly. Keep us constantly in your sacred protection. And oh Allah, bless us with a good end, with a beautiful end. If you're making this dua every day, five times a day, why not? Why won't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that husnul khatima? We were speaking about you live by the sword, you die by the sword. A great muhaddith of his time, Imam Abu Zur'a Razi rahimahullah, who was a, a great muhaddith, a giant of a muhaddith. He had memorized hundreds of thousands of ahadith. When he was about to pass away, there were other muhaddithun also and students of his that were with him. <clears throat> and like he's encouraged in the sunnah, when we find ourselves near somebody who is about to leave the dunya, then we should make talqeen, we should remind that person about the kalima. And that is generally by reciting the kalima in an audible tone in front of that person so that he gets the reminder. He should not be addressed directly and told, recite kalima. We do not know the state of mind and what would be his response. So the kalima should be recited in an audible tone. These students of such a giant muhaddith felt shy. They said, how, how do we remind such a great person of this? But on the other hand, they cannot leave out the sunnah and recommendation of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So then they began to discuss the chain of the hadith, only the chain of a hadith. So Ibn Warah rahimahullah was one muhaddith, started his chain. Hadathani Abu Ja'far, qala hadathani Salih. And then he keeps quiet. Hadathani Abu Asim, qala hadathani Ja'far. An Salih, and he keeps quiet. He reads half the chain. Another muhaddith who was sitting, Imam Abu Hatim Razi, also mentions his chain. Haddathani Bundar, qala haddathani Abu Asim, an Ja'far, an Salih, and he keeps quiet. Abu Zur'a Razi, rahimahullah, is in the throes of death. About to leave this dunya, these are the last moments, last seconds before he left this dunya. 
At that time it was like a you know, search button was pressed in his mind that what hadith are they referring to? This sanad that they are discussing, it leads up to which hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And immediately he detects that. And he also says with his chain, حدثني بندار, قال حدثني أبو عاصم عن جعفر عن صالح ابن أبي عريب عن كثير ابن مرة عن معاذ ابن جبل رضي الله عنه. He continues the chain up to Sayyidina Mu'adh bin Jabal رضي الله عنه. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, من كان آخر كلامه لا إله إلا الله. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever's last words are la ilaha illallah, and then he passed away. The rest of the hadith is, دخل jannah he will enter jannah. Ulama explained that he made amal on the first part of the hadith verbally, and inshallah the last part of the hadith physically, inshallah entering into jannah in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That came to him after he spent his entire life in that. He gave his life for that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him mot like that as well. وَخَيْرَ أَيَّامِ يَوْمَ أَلْقَاكَ فِيهِ Oh Allah, let the best of days be the day when I meet you. Let it be the meeting of one beloved with another. Sometimes when you are absent from home for a long while, you've gone on journey, you've gone on suffer, gone in jamaat, gone on a business trip, etc. And then you come back home, then that joy that everybody experiences, the wife, the children, the person returning, his parents, etc., it's a day of great joy because now they are being reunited after a long separation. This dua is saying, Oh Allah, let me experience joy that I never experienced ever before. When? When I meet you, O oh Allah. When I arrive back to the Akhirah. When I arrive back in your court. خَيْرَ أَيَّامِ يَوْمَ أَلْقَاكَ يَوْمَ أَلْقَاكَ فِيهِ The best day must be the day when I meet you. A hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَهُ those who love to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will love to meet them as well. وَمَنْ كَرِهَ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ كَرِهَ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَهُ Those who do not want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah does not want, Allah does not want to meet them as well. So Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha commented, O oh, oh, Nabi of Allah, we are all scared of death. In other words, to meet Allah we have to die. If we are scared of death, does it mean we are scared to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, no, that is, not what it, that is not what is meant. But this is referring to that time, إِذَا حَشْرَجَ الصَّدْرِ وَقْشَعَرَ الْجِلْدِ At the time when the chest begins to pump, and your hair stands because you are in sakarat, the eyes begin to roll. At that time, مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَ At that time, if he's ready to meet Allah, and he wants to meet Allah, Allah is ready to meet him as well, and Allah is happy to welcome him. Because at that time, the akhirah is opened up. At that time, where a person is heading is shown to him. If he's a person who led his life in accordance to the sunnah, then at that time he's shown the na'im and the bliss and the comforts of akhirah and jannah and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's welcomed by the malaika. So why won't he want to leave? He's waiting to go. My beloved father, rahimahullah, used to always mention, Hazrat Mufti Shafi Saab, rahimahullah, the Grand Mufti of Pakistan, the first Grand Mufti of Pakistan. Some of, he, of my father's friends had went to meet him before he passed away, a few days before Mufti Shafi Saab, rahimahullah, had passed away in Karachi. So when they asked him, Hazrat, how are you feeling? His answer was, Alhamdulillah, me pukar ke intizar me ho. I'm waiting for the call from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is now when you are ready to meet Allah. That is the condition we all are aspiring for, respected friends and elders. 
Not the day when you are ready to meet somebody in court. Not the day when you are ready to, to go outside and roll your sleeves, you are ready to retaliate from someone. Like is becoming so common today. Our life is going in all these disputes and all arguments and everything else about dunya which is going to remain here. Our life should be in preparation for that last moment. So when Malakul Maud presents himself, we are ready. We are ready to go and we are also pukar ke intizar mein hai. Allah give us all tawfiq. So at that time the akhirah is shown. And if it is a person who led a life of disobedience of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah forgive us and save us. If it was someone who attached himself to this dunya, if it's someone who worked in this dunya like he was never going to leave this dunya, then at that time how is he going to be prepared to leave? At that time how is he going to move? How is he going to want to go? That is a person who when he is shown the adab of akhirah, when he is shown where he is headed, he does not want to go. Then there is a struggle between himself and the malaika. And the Quran draws this picture, وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ بَاسِطُوا أَيْدِيهِمْ أَخْرِجُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ The malaika begin to beat this person with their hands, telling him, أَخْرِجُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Allow your soul to depart. Don't hold on, don't remain in this dunya, you have to come out. There's a tussle that takes place. That is a tussle between the malaika and the malakul maut and the and a person who made his dunya too comfortable. Now he doesn't want to leave. And an example I always give for this is when a child is at the playground. All of us went through that and all of us thereafter experienced it with our own children. That when the time comes to leave, then there is hardly a child. Wallahu alam. If there is a child who readily got up to leave, mashallah, then congratulations to those parents. But Generally, the response is one more chance. Give me one more ride. I want to go on one more slide. I want to go on the swing or wherever else it may be. He doesn't want to leave. Then the father or the mother gives in. And after a while, we call them again. It's getting late. You know, we need to go home. It's time for Maghrib, for example. Again, the child wants one more, one more chance. And then a time comes in most cases where there's a tussle. The father is pulling from one hand. The mother is pulling the other hand. The child is crying. You know, there's a big tantrum he is throwing. And like that, he is dragged off the playground and taken home. Why? Because he is most comfortable on that playground. He is happy there. This is a place where he wants to be all the time. So he doesn't want to leave. Similarly, respected friends and elders, Allah save us. Those of us who make this dunya our playground. Those of us who made this dunya a place of fulfilling our desires. Those of us who lived here like there was no akhirah, na'udhu billah. Those of us who never reflected on moth, those who never, never made reflection and muraqaba that the time is coming, we are, we are going to leave, we have to prepare. Then people like that, Allah save us when the time comes and that exact same tussle, actually obviously to a worse extent, happens. That he is pulling and the malaika are pulling and the malaika are beating him and hitting him. Basitu aidihim, akhriju anfusakum, allow your souls to depart. Come out, come out of this dunya and now is your turn to go into the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. For preparation of that last day, we have the perfect model and that is the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that will protect us in this dunya also, at the time of death, in the qabr and in the akhirat as well. Today if you look at the lives, of, uh, if we inspect our lives and our conduct, and the way we, we interact with people, the way we deal with people, the way our, our relations we have even, even, even you know, among family members, 
And whatever else, our way of life, respected friends and elders, does not reflect the life of those who have the consciousness of akhirah. Those who know that we, those who realize we have to leave this dunya, stand in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and give account for our deeds. That is the missing ingredient in our lives that has now allowed, allowed, so to say, decay to set in society. That this conscious of akhirah, the verse I recited at the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when exhorting us to acquire the quality of taqwa, and we are in the month of Ramadan, fasting was ordained, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامِ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ In Quran, when Allah mentioned the obligation of fasting, Allah mentioned the reason, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you may acquire the quality of taqwa. So elsewhere, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ O you who believe, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Adopt taqwa. وَلْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ Immediately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, fear Allah and every soul should check what he has sent forth for tomorrow. Check your deeds because a tomorrow is coming. In other words, akhirat and qiyamah is coming. After this Allah again repeats, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Fear Allah. Then again Allah repeats a message to us, وَاللَّهُ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah is well informed of what you are doing. Allah is aware of your actions. If, if I was Allah conscious, if I was aware and I realized that Allah is watching me, then how will I be disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How will I speak lies in my business? How will I go out at, at war with Allah and, 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 and take interest or pay, or pay, pay interest? in my business and in my monetary dealings? How will I cut off family ties? How will I engage in other vice and haram when I know that I have to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَالْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ Every person should check what he is sending forth for tomorrow. And وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah is well away, Allah is fully informed. On the day of Qiyamah, respected friends and elders, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْأَشْهَادِ it's a day when there'll be all type of witnesses against a person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fully aware. But to prove to a person that we have recorded everything, the book of deeds will be there to show that all the deeds that a person had committed, the good and the bad, is mentioned to an extent that a person will, 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 will comment and say, مَا لِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ لَا يُغَادِرُ صَغِيرَةً وَلَا كَبِيرَةً إِلَّا أَحْصَاهَا Every minute and major action of mine has been recorded here in this book. That is one witness that Allah will show, one proof Allah will use against us or for us, inshaAllah. Another is the earth and the ground on which we committed those deeds, whether it be good or bad. The earth will speak. The earth will speak and testify as to what actions were committed, good or bad, by that person. Then respected friends and elders, a man's own limbs will, a man's own limbs will talk. اليوم نختم على أفواههم وتكلمنا أيديهم وتشهد أرجلهم بما كانوا يكسبون. And other ayat in Quran, Allah mentions the same concept of where the, the, the person's mouth will be sealed. He will not be able to speak with his tongue, but his hands and feet will speak. His, his limbs of his body will speak and, 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 and acknowledge the wrong and testify to the deeds that a person committed in the dunya. At that time, there'll be no place to run. At that time, it'll be too, too late to regret. At that time, there'll be no opportunity for tawbah. The time for tawbah, the time for change, the time for regretting over our sin, is now, respected friends and elders. 
We hear it often that you spend your life like the month of Ramadan and then moat will come to you like the day of Eid. That is exactly what is wanted. In Ramadan we are trained to abstain from what is halal also. What is halal on other occasions. We abstain from from morning to evening for the entire month of Ramadan. This is a training process. This is, this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put a system for us to control the nafs and to train the nafs and to train the soul and the ruh and to remind us that we have the ability. If we have the ability to abstain from what is permissible on other occasions, then undoubtedly we have the ability to abstain from what is haram. This malaka and this capability is enhanced in the month of Ramadan. And that person who will take, will take advantage of the month of Ramadan and will maximize his benefit in the month of Ramadan by observing the fast like he ought to have observed it. Observing the fast, he fasted from food and drink and uh, relations with his wife and together with that he fasted from all the other wrongs. Then this person, inshallah, for the other 11 months of the year, his, his nafs is trained. His nafs is trained. Now he has the ability to restrain himself, to hold himself back. Unfortunately, what we find today, we are in a zamana where people are looking for instant gratification in everything. In everything, we want it immediately. And we want that enjoyment all the time and immediately. That concept is not a concept of Islam. That's not the concept in the way of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Imam Abdullah bin Mubarak rahimahullah mentions beautiful couplets where he cautions us against this, that من البلاء وللبلاء علامة ألا يرى لك عن هواك نزوع It is a calamity, and sometimes there are signs by which we can identify calamities. And one sign is ألا يرى لك عن هواك نزوع That there is no end to your desires. You are fulfilling one desire after another, one wrong and one guna and one sin after another. You think about it and you want to do it. You hear about it and you want to engage in it. You see it and you fall into it. Al-abdu abdu nafsi fi shahawatiha. He says, a slave is a person who has been enslaved by his nafs and the desires of the nafs. The month of Ramadan is there to free us from the, from the shackles of the nafs. The month of Ramadan is there for us to tame that nafs amara and that nafs that always, you know, attracts us towards wrong and haram. The, naf, the, the fast of Ramadan is there to cool the aspect of desire and shahwat in a person. Because that person who gives in to his desire, then he in actual fact is a slave. He may be thinking he's living in a democratic world, there's no slavery anymore. But in reality, that person is a slave because he has been enslaved by his nafs and his desires. Al-abdu abdun nafsi fi shahawatiha. Wal-hurru yashba'u marratan wa yaju'u. A free person. Otherwise a person who's got good qualities in him. Sometimes he eats to his fill and sometimes he remains hungry also. He's got that amount of control over himself. In other words, sometimes he falls into the sin. Yashba'u marratan. He may commit the sin. And we are prone to sinning. We are insan. But a sign that you've got control over your nafs and you are not being ruled by your nafs is that the next time that opportunity came, you were able to hold yourself back. Ramadan is a time when we are given that opportunity. Ramadan is a time when we are given that opportunity to practice this restraint, respected friends and elders. But if, if sadly, like is becoming a, a widespread trend, if Ramadan made no difference to our lives, if the same wrong we were doing in, in Sha'ban and the other months of the year continue in the month of Ramadan, the television was on throughout the year, Ramadan also it remains on. A music a person was listening through throughout the year, Ramadan also he never had the tawfiq of stopping. 
intermingling with the opposite gender, or engaging in any other haram, never stopped in the month of Ramadan. Haram is haram every, every day of our lives. But Ramadan is a sacred month. Ramadan is a time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has facilitated the environment and created the opportunity for us to abstain. It's easier for us to abstain from haram. That person who never made his Ramadan different from his Sha'ban and Shawwal, that person who never made any change in the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us, the hadith says, that person is truly a deprived person. Because the amount of mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that descends in this month, the amount of forgiveness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends to his bondsmen in this month, the amount of people that Allah frees from Jahannam in this month, despite that if I was unable to get my freedom from Jahannam, I was unable to get the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I was unable to draw from the rahmat and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then on which other occasion am I going to get this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq of understanding that we have come here to leave. We are not here to remain. And this sabak is being taught to us and, and we are being reminded of this day in and day out. Today, in this day and age, it actually physically seems like we are musafirs. We are all on one train. And one day we hear a certain person has got off this train. Then we hear some other people got off the train on the other side. Another stop and somebody else got off the train. Really today it feels like that. Or like we are on a conveyor belt, like that luggage that is, that is moving around and encircling in that conveyor belt. Then one person, person sees his luggage, he picks it off. One less luggage on that conveyor belt. And then another one is taken off. And another one is taken off. That is exactly what is happening around us. Take out some time, ponder over what is happening around us. Don't lead a life of ghaflat. Ghaflat, negligence. Negligence, respected friends and allies, is mort. Negligence, if you are negligent, is like you are dead already. مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ مَثَلُ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّدِ That person who is unaware of Allah, doesn't keep Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of him, not, doesn't remind himself that he's going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's, all, it's like he's already dead. Because it, nothing will make any difference to him. Today we have reached such a level of negligence. Such a level of negligence that the man in his family has got so much of issues. Somebody is sick. His business is suffering. Some other taklif that has, that has befallen him. But he's still got the time to gossip about somebody else. He's still got the time to be cruel to somebody else. He's still got the time to engage in haram and wrong elsewhere. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has filled your life up with all of these so that maybe you'll be distracted from that wrong. Maybe you'll be distracted. Allah says regarding qiyamah, there'll be so much of worry, there'll be so much of problems for the people that they won't, they won't bother about the next person. They won't bother about the next person. This dunya has become like that now currently. So much of taklif, there's so much of other issues. But despite that, a man has got no time to talk to his own brother. Sometimes he's not speaking, he cut off ties with his father. He's got no time to show respect to an elderly Muslim. Respected friends and elders, what we have, that the other problems that we have is more than enough. Let us not look for more. That is a sign that we are now negligent. That despite all these tests on the side of Allah, despite all the different, different trials that we are undergoing, we are still looking for more. We are still looking for more problems. We are still looking for that more. And that greed hasn't left us. The greed for dunya, the hirs for, for, for the wealth of this dunya, then this is a sign of a person who is negligent. He can be breathing, he can be having three meals a day. He can be eating like a king, but he's dead. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us.